You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and syndicating for the A-List online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith and the interview subject you're about to tune into the conversation with is a fellow who goes by the name of Mikel Langevin, aka away from the excellent French-Canadian metal outfit, Voivod. The reason for the conversation is to promote Voivod's upcoming January 2019 Australian tour. I'll read out some dates. They'll be playing Brisbane on the 23rd of Jan. On the 24th, they're playing Canberra. The 25th, they're playing Melbourne. And Sydney, you get a show on the 26th. This fella's a legend, so let's hear what he has to say. Here we go. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm very good, mate. I was certainly looking forward to our conversation because I'm, uh, yeah, I am a long-time fan of the band and I'm very, very excited, as are a lot of people, it must be said, about the, uh, the upcoming Australian tour, which is happening, I think, in January, isn't it? Yeah, and it's been a long time, so we're very excited. I, I can imagine, I can imagine. I mean, we've got, where do I start? Okay, so I, I, I suppose I'd better start with the obvious, though, which is because it has been, I think it's been over 20 years since you were last here, um, and you haven't been down here that often. So what sort of a show are you going to be bringing down? Is it going to be one that focuses on the uh, the newer album, The Wake, or are you going to be doing a bit of a career retrospective? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, last time we were in Australia was in 2000. So um, I, th- I think we're going to go through, uh, let's say, the albums from Warren Payne to The Outer Limits. Uh, and cool. then uh, some, and then some material from uh, Post Society and The Wake. Um, I, I think that's pretty much what we'll cover on the uh, Australian tour. Mm-hmm. And what's, who's... Who's in the band these days in terms of the touring lineup? Is it the same band that worked on The Wake, or have you got some other members or some different members coming in? Oh, it's the same lineup. Uh, Wonderful. Snake, of course, and uh, Rocky and Chewy. And um, this, line, this lineup, have, uh, it has been around since uh, 2014, and the chemistry is amazing. Yeah, I was watching one of your live videos that was posted for us, you know, a fan film thing, I think it was. And yeah, I've got to say, the chemistry on stage looked fantastic. So that's uh, that's music to my ears, literally speaking, to hear that you'll be bringing down that lineup. And, and I guess that leads to my next point. I'm a long-time fan because I'm in my 40s, so I was around during the deep, dark 90s where metal bands... Uh, they, they It was very hard for metal bands, I think, through the 90s, as you probably... Uh, will uh, agree, but Voivod, you were one of those bands that was constantly cited as an influence, including by a fellow like Dave Grohl, and and I think you even designed the Probot album cover, so you guys have always had some level of prominence, and a lot of technically inclined bands, and there's heaps of them around these days, they love you guys, and they constantly cite you guys as an influence, so my question for you is, are you aware of how influential and critically revered Voivod is, or is it one of those things that you just don't think about? You just get on with the business of creating music. Oh, uh, it's something that I really appreciate because I get to share uh, stages around the world uh, at festivals with uh, younger bands, and I can hear uh, the Voivodian chords. Yeah. And, and uh, sometimes, uh, some, sometimes, of course, it's uh, it's hard to tell if they actually listen to Voivod or maybe listen to a band who listened to Voivod, or maybe have a mutual admiration for, um, let's say, Killing Joke. Or, But anyhow, uh, let's say, for example, um, uh, recently we played uh, with uh, Gojira, 
and I really heard some uh, Voivodian chords in there at times, but it, it's impossible for me to uh, to really know for sure. But when I get told by, let's say, people from Meshuga or Fear Factory that uh, they learned a lot from Voivod, it's always, uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, and I think you're right. It's we're at we're at the point now where you're listening to the bands that have been influenced by the bands that were like Generation One influenced by by Voivod. But but it is a wonderful thing, and and I, and I agree with you about Gojira, by the way, because they to me seem like the uh, the natural successor to you guys in, in many ways, including with the French heritage. And then I I was really actually I was blown away by these by these guys and. Uh, I really need to um, uh, get up to date with uh, their catalog because they were really fantastic. Yeah, yeah, no, brilliant band. I only saw them recently, actually, when they came down here for the Download Festival um, that was hap- that happened last year. But I-, I mentioned something earlier about the '90s. Okay, so it, it wasn't easy. Okay, we know that. And uh, Voivod are uh, one of the most critically revered, and I- I'm gonna. I would classify you as an extreme metal band for the sake of what the point that I'm about to make here. So you're an extreme metal band by many measures. So uh, the likelihood of you all buying Ferraris and buying your own islands uh, is is pretty remote, if you don't mind me saying. I hope you do get to do that, but it's, uh, if you want to do that, that is, but it probably won't happen because the business side of things has no doubt been very challenging. So the question that I've got for you is, how have you guys survived? It's been it's It's close to 40 years now, if you can imagine, that you guys have been doing this. So... How you, have you guys survived the industry and the business side of things for so long? Oh, um, uh, I mean, we've learned uh, many things and uh, had to readjust uh, uh, many times and there were crossroads and uh, took the wrong path or took the right path and so on and so on. And uh, so um, overall, um, we uh, we really learned uh, to... Uh, uh, to ma- really um, manage the band as um, uh, something that's um, based around perseverance and all that, and uh, and um, we've we're I mean we're actually pretty lucky because um, we've had a very loyal following and they yes. show up at the show and and uh, even today um, uh, these days we um, we we're sending a lot of copies uh, of the wake I mean physical copies and um, so. Um, uh, Altogether, um, uh, uh, since we reformed in 2008, it's been an uphill uh, thing for us uh, uh, where we're gaining momentum uh, every year. And there's like uh, the tour we just did in Europe was uh, really well attended uh, more than the years before and so on. So the the album is doing great and it's having tons of uh, 9 out of 10 uh, reviews. So everything is um, is uh, going uh, in our direction, uh, but like like you said, uh, at, at times, uh, let's say during the grunge years or the techno mm. years, it became a bit more difficult for us. But uh, it's over. Like uh, it's our thirty thirty fifth anniversary this year, and uh, yeah. it seems to me that uh, this period was very short, where uh, metal was um, a bit of uh, had a bit of a low profile, especially in North America. Uh, and uh, but it, uh, soon enough, uh, Pantera and uh, uh, Fear Factory and Machine Head were uh, doing and uh, were doing uh, great business and flying the metal flag uh, high. Yeah. And so it, it 
So and of course there was the new metal with corn and such and that. So it, it to me it really seemed like a, a small period. And uh, plus we had, uh, during that time we just kept going to uh, play festivals in Europe because the metal scene was always healthy there. So. Um, uh, yeah, it's a combination of uh, perseverance, loyal following, and uh, festivals in Europe that get us going through a, a small part of the 90s. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good answer, actually, yeah. And and I thought it must have been that, because Australia is very similar to North America and that we're very trend-driven. But in Europe, they seem to, particularly Germany, Germany and France, um, they they don't seem to be quite so trend driven. I was talking to Biff Byford from Saxon about the same thing because I think he didn't he didn't mind the grunge years because I think uh, he said words the effect that they solidified the following that Saxon had in Germany and I think Doro enjoyed quite a lot of success through the same period as well. So I guess there is uh, there is one territory in the world where metal will never go away and and that is Europe. You know, but it does lead me on to my, my next question, okay, which is that you guys and Celtic Frost, I always considered you two sort of one in the same basket, you know, legendary bands creating excellent music that is highly, highly influential. Um, and you guys did something a bit different in that you've, you've, you are the longest standing member. You are the only consistent member of Voivod, it needs to be said. So congratulations for keeping the faith through so many changes and all the rest of it with that. But... Well, I think how you've been able to do it too is that you've subtly updated your sound to keep in check with each era. But my question for you is, did you did you get a lot of pressure like what Tom and the guys in Celtic Frost did to become more of a straightforward thrash outfit by some of the labels that you were signed to through the years? Um, the, uh, during the MCA years, uh, we were like uh, at times asked to play music that could be uh, played on mainstream uh, radio um, uh, to write music that was a bit more accessible um, uh, so they, uh, it could uh, justify their huge investment uh, in the band yeah. and uh, we uh, so we uh, the result was, um, was uh, Andrew Rat and uh, uh, Outer Limits and um, but uh, it was still um a bit too weird for mainstream radio in a way, and but the thing is uh, these um, at this point uh, with Nothing Face also we sort of had an alternative uh, side to, uh, to yeah. our music that uh, it allowed us to tour with Fit No More and Soundgarden, but also with Rush and uh, and also do really heavy festivals um, with Carcass and so uh, 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 it, it goes back to the other question where it, it really. Um, the diversity of the style played against us at times, but uh, uh, but it also uh, helped us uh, to go through uh, leaner years. Yeah, yeah, you know for sure. And one of one of the collaborators through the history of the band was Metallica bassist um, Jason Newstead. So he he was around for two albums. But do you think when you look back on the the two albums, so you got the self titled album from two thousand and three and Dark Cartoris from two thousand and six. But are they? Do you think they're important albums in the catalogue of uh, Voivod? And also, is, is Jason? What are your memories of Jason being in the band? Oh, uh, fantastic times! Uh, uh, also, um, um, we also did Infini uh, with Jason. So we we played uh, we uh, we recorded two posthumous album uh, albums after the unfor- unfortunate passing of uh, Denis Damour uh, Piggy and. Um, but we, we uh, the self-titled album in 2003 was a fantastic adventure. Um, 
we, we toured across USA with Sepultura and then we did the whole uh, Us Fest. Uh, this time Jason was playing with Ozzy as well, so he was doing two shows a night for like the whole summer of uh, mm. 2000, basically. And um, so uh, uh, as a warrior, we still uh, we are still in touch. And uh, a couple of the years ago, he came on stage with us in San Francisco uh, to play the song Voivoda uh, with two bass, uh, Rocky and uh, Jason. <laughs> it, was, it was great. And um, uh, also at Hellfest, he, we shared stages. And uh, so um, uh, he's uh, still a good friend, a real uh, positive uh, influence uh, on Voivoda. Hmm. Yeah, and, and look, the comment about Jason alludes to the fact that yourself, uh, Piggy, uh, Jason, Blackie, just outstanding musicianship. And musicianship, I, I remember when I was growing up just thinking, if I could ever get as good as the guys in Voivod, I'd, uh, I'd be well on my way to becoming exactly the musician that I want to be, because I'm also a musician. And I've been influenced by the music that you have, particularly some of your earlier stuff. I, I still listen to Ravenous Medicine. It's on one of my gym mixes, actually. And, um, and, we still and we still play that one live. Oh, great. I'm so glad you do. Because, <laughs> uh, I, I, look, I remember when I heard that. I remember when I had a, a uh, like a tape and I had that and um, some Celtic Frost stuff on it. And that's kind of like why, to me, the two bands are interchangeable. It's because of something that I did myself, which is put you guys on the same tape. But, um, you know, about Blackie, he's also a revered bassist. So, do you... One of the things that I really enjoyed about about Voivod was listening to the groove, you know, putting headphones on and just listening to yourself and Blackie carve out a pretty choice groove. So, was that something that you guys worked on a lot together in the in the early years and in the mid period of the band? You know, focusing on that wonderful groove that you crafted together. Um, I think in a way, um, it really it really comes from uh, Motorhead, where I. Uh, I sort of copied Filthy Animal, and then uh, Blackie was hugely influenced by uh, Lemmy and his sound. Uh, a Snake was influenced by Lemmy. Piggy mm. was uh, influenced by uh, uh, Fast Eddie. And uh, so uh, that's really where we um, we agreed on uh, one thing, you know. Uh, and uh, uh, so the, the, the root of uh, our groove definitely comes from uh, Motorhead. We it it was um, it's not something that we thought about or discussed at all. It just came naturally. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, that that makes sense actually. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't. I, now that you mention it, I can hear the the Motorhead influence. But I didn't pick it up until you mentioned it. Actually, that's interesting. So yeah, but uh, and, and the other thing, talking about your drumming, you always reminded me of Tommy Aldridge from Ozzy Osbourne Band. Have you, uh, you know, he played on Bark at the Moon, and I think he's in Whitesnake with David Coverdale these days, but incredibly, an incredibly musical drummer that can play very fast. Are you, uh, have you ever been given that feedback before? Uh, no, but I'm really honoured, and uh, I remember um, in the early days of um, Voivod Piggy was playing Pat Travers, and uh, Tommy was on there, and I was... Mm blown away with this double kick action and all that and also i must say about uh, 20 years ago i saw him with uh, white snake and uh he was like he played about 90 minutes uh with double kick bass drum and all that and uh, uh full shape and it, it was an eye opener to uh, for me where i 
I uh, realized that uh, I had to be uh, try to be healthy to be able to do that uh, 20 years down the road like he did and all that. And uh, so, um, uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan. And uh, he came to um, Quebec City to do a clinic about three or four weeks ago while we were on tour in Europe. And uh, Chewy showed me a clip that uh, some fan uh, took for, with his cell phone and it's hmm. mind-blowing. Uh, I don't even know how old he is, and he's still uh, yeah. <laughs> drums like uh, he drums like he's like 20 years old, and it's really amazing. It's uh, inspiring. Yeah, I think he must be pushing 70 without without checking on Wikipedia how old he is, but he must be getting up there because he always looked a bit older than the rest of the guys in Aussie's band, particularly J.K. Lee back in the day. But uh, he's he's mm-hmm. still pounding it out, isn't he? He's still got it. He's still got just wicked chops, but. But so do you, mate. So, you know, have you have you ever thought about doing those clinics or have you ever been offered the opportunity to do cl- clinics the way you've described um, Tommy was doing in Quebec? Oh, not clinics, uh, but I do a lot of avant-garde performance uh, by myself uh, where it's more improvisation. Uh, I don't have the background to do uh, clinics in terms of um, knowledge uh, in uh, in music in general. I mean... Rocky and Chewy are really versed in um, writing and reading music and all that, but uh, um, uh, Chewy even teaches um, music at college. So, but for me, I, I'm really just a rock and roll drummer. <laughs> <laughs> well, long, long may you continue to do what you're doing, mate. You're a legend, and this has been a wonderful opportunity to chat to one of my favorite all-time bands. So, thank you for making so much of the wonderful music that you have and you know what long may you continue to do so i don't see you guys slowing down anytime soon that the two you know i know that this lineup's been together since 2014 but uh this uh this new album here is phenomenal and the, the video that the wake then the video that you've posted online with the uh the live performance is really one to check out so so thank you so much for making the music that you made and um you are one band that i will definitely be in the audience for when you come to australia i'll be in the brisbane show Excellent. I see you then. Thanks, mate. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. You have been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and syndicating for the A-List online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that conversation featured Mikel Langevin from the French-Canadian metal outfit, The Legends, Voivod. Thank you so much for listening.